think that's something probably a lot of young Australians can resonate with um, and find challenging. Um, so actually during COVID with all the, um, I guess there's a lot of cash rich people buying properties and I guess few, few options out there. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Torrance Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with co-founder of JD Capital, Danica Zhang. Also a dentist in the Defence Force, she's passionate about helping people but less passionate about working 13-hour workdays. However, thanks to a purchase she made at the peak of COVID-19, grueling workdays are sure to be a part of her past sooner rather than later. Zhang is passionate about helping others through any way she can. As a military dentist, she's constantly achieving her goal by improving people's confidence and smiles. Now, as co-founder of JD Capital, she also brings smiles to faces by offering full-service property support with her partner in both life and business. I'm a full-time dentist in the ADF, currently posted to Larrakia Defence Precinct in Darwin. Um, oh, I don't know that much of an interesting career. I was born in New Zealand. I came to Australia when I was five and pretty much grew up in Sydney um, before posting all over Australia for work. Um, and then I co-founded JD Capital um, in early 2021 with Jai. Um, and now we're here. Yeah. A typical day for saying starts out like many others do before veering in a different direction and ending in a delicious food bliss. I usually do a workout in the morning and then during the day I'm looking at teeth and then actioning a lot of emails um, and I usually finish the day off with eating a big bowl of noodles. It's a childhood comfort food that my parents used to make for me all the time so now that I'm away a lot, um, I guess it's just those little things that are nostalgic and keep you feeling warm, yeah. Oh, that's nice. And I guess you're you're living at the moment um, up in the Northern Territory at the moment. What's the weather like up there? Very warm. Um, it definitely takes a week or two to get acclimatized to the humidity. But the good thing is, you'll never need moisturizer when you're up there. Your yeah, your skin's always looking great. Having spent most of her life in Sydney, she found there was more to get used to in the Northern Territory than just the weather. I think it's just a completely different pace of life. Um, probably because there's a lot less people. Everyone just has a lot more space, so they're a lot more patient, and just everything feels a little bit calmer. Um, I guess everybody has the time to, or maybe they're just, they're happy to take time out of their day to just have a chat with you and they're super friendly. Um, there's definitely no traffic jams, no road rage, unlike in Sydney. Um, so it's a gorgeous place to be and I definitely would recommend everyone making a visit at some point, especially with lockdown and everything since it's so hard to go overseas right now. Definitely check out Darwin and our crocodiles. Although she's a Sydney sider through and through, Zhang was born overseas before coming to Australia at a young age. From there, she's never stayed put in one place for long and that's just how she likes it. I was born in New Zealand and I moved to Sydney when I was about five. Um, so I pretty much did high school in Sydney and then I did my bachelor's degree at the University of Queensland. Um, and then I posted back to Sydney for my first posting and then I posted to WA 
and then now I'm in Darwin. So I've been um, a bit all around Australia. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's been nice. I've been really grateful that I can travel for work. While continually moving can be stressful for some, Zhang loved the thrill and excitement each change of scenery brought. In fact, she was so fond of it as a child that she continues the tradition now as an adult. Because when you're little, you only have your own experiences to compare to. So I thought it was a very, I guess, normal thing for us to like move around a lot. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of people, especially in Australia, they might have stayed in their family homes for their entire childhood lives. Um, whereas ever since I was little, I've moved so many times. Um, into the tens of digits now um yeah so yeah i guess i just thought it was normal it's always really like exciting going to a new place um and exploring a new area um and i guess the culture is a little bit different especially in australia um in sydney in particular where you have so many different i guess um ethnic um concentrations in different areas of sydney um so getting to experience a little bit of that every time we move somewhere different so um yeah, no, I really enjoyed it and um, I guess that's probably why my current career path also suits me really well, getting to move to different places and um, explore new regions all the time. So, what was the reason why you moved around? Was it because parents were, were actually traveling for their job or was it something else? So, I guess a bit about um, my background is just the typical migrant story. So, my parents came to Australia with very little um, and so every time we moved, it was because they were trying to get us into, I guess, better school districts so that me and my brother could have, um, I guess, all the opportunities um, available to us. Yeah, so that's how we moved around a lot. <laughs> so we first lived in Auburn. It was this tiny two-bedroom unit um, on Dartbrook Road. Um, so it was just very ethnically diverse there, lots of migrants. Um, and yeah, so we started off, um, I guess, very, very humble. And so it was great to see my parents. Um, I guess I got to witness them work very, very hard um, for a lot of their, um, I guess, for a lot of my childhood to give me me and my brother the opportunities that we had. So stayed in Auburn for about a year and a bit before we moved to Parramatta. Um and then we moved around within Parramatta a little bit um, before we moved to Carlingford in, oh, it'd probably be maybe like another two, a year or two later, we moved to Carlingford. Um, and then I think we moved back to Westpennant Hills afterwards and then back to Carlingford um, and then back to a different place in Carlingford. And now that's where my parents have decided to settle um, in Carlingford. At those times, were, were your parents buying the properties or renting those properties when they moved to those locations? Initially, it was a lot of renting. Um, and then as I guess my parents um, I guess settled down a little bit more, we started purchasing um, homes and then they would just sell their own home. And then because a year or two would have passed, so it would have had increased in equity they would have normally made a small profit and that kind of helped them get into their next home which was I guess a little bit bigger um, a little bit more spacious for me and my brother. Mm, that's great. So at a very young age I guess you got to experience what it's like to live in different places so um, hence I guess you've kind of got a bit of knowledge back in property in that sense um, being both from the tenant side and both from you know the ownership side with your parents. Yes definitely yeah. Her mother works as an accountant nowadays and while she didn't, while Zhang was growing up, she definitely held a full-time management role of all sorts. 
when I was still young, my mum was a full-time um, at-home mum. Um, and it wasn't until we started going to high school that she started to work um, part-time. Um, whereas my dad was always full-time working. Um, so he's an electrician, a sparky. Um, and yeah, so he, he worked really, really hard. Although her parents climbed their way onto the property ladder during her childhood, Zhang's passion for property grew from the ground while she was digging for treasure. I think growing up, um, I guess I guess my first ever memory of money was um, when we when I was still living in Auburn. I was like playing in the dirt outside, and I found this two dollar coin. Um, and then at the end of the day, I went home to tell my mom I'd found this gold coin, and she grabbed a torchlight and bolted out of the house to try and find this two dollar coin in the dirt. Um, and it was because back then, um, two dollars could buy you a whole box of apples. Um, and so, I think as a little girl, that was the first time I realized what a important resource money could be. Um, and then, so growing up, um, I guess from maybe it's more, um, I guess, Asian perspective that to have like to earn good money, we need to study hard so we can get uh, into good schools and then get good jobs. Um, and then that's where the income comes from. Um, but then I guess myself, as I got older and I started working full time, you realize, oh, it's not as um, not as easy to grow your wealth this way. I mean, saving your way to wealth, that's definitely one way to do it, but it's going to take a really long, long time. It turned out that a really long time meant working 13-hour days, which wasn't in Zhang's plans. Using that day as a motivator, she began to look into ways to make her money work for her. I guess I knew I definitely wanted to look into investing. Um, but I guess because growing up, I'd always been taught to just save your money. Um, I didn't know that much about investing and I didn't really know where to start. Um, so in the beginning, um, I guess there's so much information online and in the web, on the webs that it was really, really overwhelming. Um, and I guess I just had a lot of friends who had started investing in shares. So it just seemed like, um, I guess, an um, maybe an easy option to step into um, and start. So I didn't even know which shares I was buying. I was just like randomly buying this and this because people had said that those were good shares to buy. Um, and then it was around this time that I met Jai um, and he was telling me about his property portfolio and it, he just really inspired me um, to want to do something like that for myself. And so he became kind of my unofficial mentor and really helped me grow my portfolio um, and so yeah, I'm really, really grateful to have met him. She met Jai Kea on a dating app in 2020 and he couldn't have come along at a better time. Um, Jai and I met on a dating app, Hinge, you might have heard of it. Um, yeah, and I was kind of at the stage where I was about to give up on the male species and just kind of focus on my career. Um, and I guess, yeah, and then Jay was the last person that I said I was going to meet up with and um, we just really hit it off. Um, I guess lots of our values aligned um, and we just shared similar passions and so, yeah, that's the rest is history. To get a sense of just how much Sang has completed at such a young age, she lets us in on the when and where of her education journey. 
I went to North Sydney Girls High School. Um, that's in Crow's Nest from 2007 to 2012. Um, and then I did, uh, actually I started a year of um, medical radiation sciences at the University of Sydney um, before I changed to dentistry at the University of Queensland and then straight into dentistry for five years. Um, and then I graduated in 2018. Um, with an honours class one. And I'm thinking of starting a master's um, next year um, at the University of Sydney and just further dental studies. Um, yeah, so that's my rough education background. I also recently um, got my certificate for in finance and mortgage broking um, earlier this year. So I guess that's overall summation of my education. She's certainly always been ambitious and a dedicated student. But that doesn't mean she always knew exactly what she wanted to do. Initially, she thought she found the right path until she discovered it didn't fulfill her the way she had hoped. When I finished high school, um, I guess as a young child, you start, you don't, not I guess majority of young children at that age don't necessarily know what they want to commit themselves yet to for the rest of their lives. So that's included myself definitely. I knew I wanted to work in health because I wanted to help people, but I didn't necessarily want to be a doctor. And so I hadn't sat any of the, um, usually to study medicine, you have to sit a prerequisite exam um, called the UMAT. So I hadn't sat any of those exams. Um, and then medical radiation sciences. So what that involves is just like taking x-rays, MRI, CT scans. Um, so I thought that might be like a worthwhile thing to start doing. But um, I guess when I started learning about it, um, I guess I realized there was just very limited um, patient interaction. You would kind of just greet patients, hi, get naked, let me position you this way, click the button and then bye. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of, uh, I guess, I know radiographers have a really important, I guess, diagnostic role in what they do. Um, but it just, um, I guess, I didn't have much job satisfaction from it. So um, I had a friend who was doing dentistry in Queensland and he said, Danica, it's great. You should sign up for it. And I applied and luckily I was able to get in. Um, and yeah, the five years of dental school is really great. I have to admit when I first started it, um, I, it was because I knew it was a, quite a financially stable job, I guess, as a dentist. Um, it wasn't really until probably my third year of university that I had this patient who he was only in his 20s, but I had to take out almost all his teeth because um, there was just, they just could not be saved. There was decay everywhere. Um, and when I gave him his dentures, um, he, he cried um, because he felt like he could, he finally had the confidence to smile again to go and get job interviews. Um, and so that particular patient really touched me and I guess made me really realize on another level how your oral health affects your quality of life um, and just made me really passionate about dentistry. Knowing she wanted to work in health was one thing, but the desire to help people in general has always been the goal underpinning her every move. It's kind of where J JD Capital steps in a little bit as well. Um, because I guess when I first started investing, I just, it was just so daunting not knowing um, I guess, who the right people to talk to, what the right information to trust was. Um, and so I guess Jai and I really wanted to create this space where people could, I guess, really access transparent information and be more informed about their decisions. Um, 
money-wise. And so, yeah, it's been really rewarding, this journey, yeah. During university, she signed up to the Defence Undergraduate Sponsorship Scheme and gained sponsorship for the entirety of her degree. Thanks to this, she was able to walk out of university and straight into a job in her field. However, that's not to say she didn't pay her dues earlier in her working life. But during uni, I definitely did work. I had a casual job. So my first ever job was selling um, show bags at the Royal Easter Show. Um, I did some clerical stuff for Harvey Norman where my mom worked. Um, I used to work at Woolies and I restocked the shelves. Um, and I, I was also used to work at Ticketek selling tickets to the Suncorp Stadium games. So um, I guess ever since I was like young, you, I've always known that you've had to work to, to earn money. Um, and so as I got older and started learning more about investing and realizing how there's other ways to accelerate your wealth, um, I guess, yeah, it was really eye-opening. It was during her first year of full-time work when she realized earning a living requires a lot of effort and sought to find a way to fast-track her journey to wealth. Because I was working, um, I guess, not your typical 9 to 5 hours, uh, around 7 to 3, 7 to 4. Um, but yeah, Monday to Friday and then you just come home and you kind of just ask yourself, oh, what's next? Um, and I know, I think part of the Australian dream is everyone wants to own their own home at some point in their lives. Um, but just the property prices, especially in Sydney, are... Um, it's very difficult for a lot of, I think, people my age to have saved up um, sufficient deposit to buy their, I guess, a property that they really want to live in um, straight off the bat without further support from parents or or elsewhere. So um, I guess that's when I realized, gosh, I have to do something different. I can't just wait paycheck and by paycheck to save for this deposit. Um, because by the time you've saved for it, house prices would have increased and you'd just be forever stuck in this loop of trying to save for something that you're not going to get to in time. Um, and I think that's something probably a lot of young Australians can resonate with um, and find challenging. Um, so shitty during COVID with all the, um, I guess there's a lot of cash-rich people buying properties and I guess few, few options out there. When it comes to her investment journey, her first experience was enough to throw anybody off track. However, she refused to let that experience deter her from her dreams. My parents were trying to set um, set me up with their mortgage broker um, who um, I guess was more of a transactional mortgage broker. So she'd send me emails and just ask me like, oh, did I want an interest only or a variable option and things like that. But um, she didn't, I guess, take the time to explain what any of those concepts meant. And I had no idea like what was more suitable for my goals or anything like that. Oh, she didn't even ask me what my goals were. Um, so it was just, I guess, um, I guess just that experience was very um, alien to me and um, so I didn't end up going down that path with her and then it was when I met Jai and at this stage he was a, not yet a mortgage broker um, but he did have already a couple of properties so he kind of just slowly talked me through the process and um, I guess had the patience to explain to me what everything meant and then I guess I did some of my, some of my own research on the side. Um, and my very first property was actually, uh, I've been very lucky with my property journey that most of my properties have, um, I guess, have just been fallen into my lap um, in some ways. So 
this property was actually a property that one of Jai's good friends um, offered to Jai, but Jai at the time um, um, didn't, wasn't ready to buy it just yet, so he offered it to me, and it was just, yeah, a perfect property to start off with. Um, I bought it for at the peak of COVID, so I think at that time the market was, a lot of people were a bit scared of what was going to happen with COVID and all the uncertainty that it brought. So um, you can nab a lot of good deals at the time. And I was really lucky to have purchased. Um, so it was a three-bedroom property in Crestmead, Queensland for only $259,000. So um, this is probably the same price that these houses were selling for around maybe eight years ago. So um, it was a really good deal. Um, and I guess starting off, um, I also personally didn't want to invest all my money into something that I was was still quite unfamiliar to me property. Um, so I think just because it was at a low price point, I was really, I guess, confident that um, even if it were to be like not the best decision, at least I haven't, I guess, um, the lost opportunity hasn't been that great and it'd still be a great learning experience for me overall. Um, yeah, and then after buying the first property and you just, um, I guess, go through the process, um, I guess in terms of theory, you can read as much as you want to online and stuff, but until you actually do it, do you really realise and, um, I guess, understand all the different facets that's involved with purchasing a property? Um, yeah, so that was a great experience. And then from there, I've just been oh, really eager to go and grow my prop portfolio and buy more. While the first property is usually the hardest for anybody to buy, Zhang had an easier experience than most thanks to the values her parents instilled in her growing up. Coming from a household where um, saving was quite an important mentality, I'd always managed my funds quite well and because I'd studied um, at the University of Queensland, so I moved out of home essentially when I was 19, um, so I'd managed my own finances um, ever since moving out of home. So um, I guess I'd set up some good money habits um, and had enough funds um, ready for, for the purchase. She took the chance to explore all the opportunities available to her at an age where many of her peers were still living at home. She uses her experience to offer advice to those coming up behind her. Definitely important to know what kind of, um, I guess, what entitlements you have when you are studying interstate. I think government provides a lot of support. Um, and if you're able to work casual jobs, that can also supplement income. And like I was saying earlier, because I was sponsored by the Defence Force, I also had a salary while I was studying for towards the end of my studies, yeah. So I think, um, I guess just knowing what opportunities are out there and trying to take full advantage of them um, really helped with the financial side of things. Um, but in terms of, I guess, the personal side, um, I guess you're at that stage in your life where you're wanting to learn how to be an independent human and um, I guess just lots of experiences and lots of maturation happens when you get to, I guess, live outside of home um, and kind of create your own, your own rules and guidelines for how you want to live your life. At that stage, I hadn't actually started investing yet, which in hindsight, I regret. So for all the young ones out there, invest <laughs> as early as you can. <laughs> There's never a better time. Um, yeah, so at that time, all I knew was kind of just saving money. Um, 
So I hadn't started investing then. Um, but I did have people tell me, oh, like you've got all this cash saved up. You should go buy shares and things like that. But um, because I guess what you don't understand, you tend to be afraid of. And so I didn't have a lot of courage back then to start investing because I really just didn't understand enough. And also my priorities were a little bit different at that stage in my life. My first priority was just to finish my degree and um, to study well. So um, I guess the money side of things kind of took a back burner. So it wasn't until I, yeah, I started working full-time back in Sydney um, in 20. 2019 that I started to think more about investing and in 2021 and purchased the property, yes. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with low risk on your money? Then, register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Zhang is the first to admit the reason why she doesn't have any investment blunders under her belt. With her journey being in its infancy, she simply hasn't had the time yet. However, her positive but realistic attitude will help her greatly for if and when the time comes. I think because my investing I guess, journey so far, it's only been a brief one. So I've been really fortunate in that I haven't had any super, I guess, devastating moments just yet. Um, and I've also, I guess, I've started off having like a really good team around me, um, whether it be my mortgage brokers, uh, my lawyers, my um, builders, my property managers, they've all been incredible at, at what they do. Um, so I've had a lot of guidance when it comes to buying and managing my properties. Um, so yeah, I haven't, I can't say I have just yet. Um, I think the moment that I probably regret, oh, sorry, not regret because every moment's a learning experience, but um, was probably when I initially started and just bought random shares without too much research or understanding into what I was buying. Um, and I guess there was a little bit of that FOMO element where like, oh, everybody else is doing this. So this is something that I should be doing as well. Um, and then I think with time and with a bit more maturity and you realize, oh, like not necessarily um, do we have to follow other people, but more just, I guess, gauging what what your needs and what your circumstances are and then doing your own due diligence and making informed money decisions from there is the best point of call. In a sentiment many share, she expresses what she wishes was taught in schools. When I first started working, I was like, I know nothing about taxes or any of this stuff um, and I wish really school had taught us more of it. Um, so yeah, I really encourage young people to go out there but to take everything with a grain of salt and not necessarily trust or follow heavily any single thing that they read but to read a wide range of, of information. But lots of money things, most times it is through word of mouth so I had lots of people um, I guess always 
you hear um, Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was a great read. Um, Jai introduced me to Michael Yardney. He's written quite a few books on properties. Um, and then just um, I really enjoy just reading in general. So I guess reading broader content um, that helps you, I guess, with mindset in general, things like The Resilience Project and Atul Gawande's Being Mortal. Um, I just the more you can learn, the better you equipped you'll be. Um, but always with the same understanding, that's always one step at a time and you can't possibly learn everything. Um, and that's okay. It's part of the journey to learn things as you go as well. Um, so, yeah, um, also just listening to various podcasts. So because I was working full, or I still am working full time, um, it was very difficult to, I guess, um, create time slots where you could just dedicate to, um, I guess, expanding your investment knowledge. Um, so I do things that would align with my schedule, whether that be like hopping on a podcast as I drove to work. Um, so I listened to um, oh, Property Couch. Um, they were great. Yeah. And just little things like that. Um, so you'd pick up like snippets of knowledge from everywhere and then that would kind of help inform your overall mindset towards investing. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned a resilience project. I haven't heard about that. Well, is that a book? Yeah, it is a book um, and it's mainly centered around, I guess, they talk a lot about gratefulness, empathy and mindfulness, um, which I think are just important for no matter what you do in life, especially when you're, um, I guess, a young investor. Lots of people like um, maybe have a tendency to like rush into things and then um, especially if they're purchasing something like shares, for example, where there's a lot of fluctuation and then a lot of people maybe um, emotionally can find that really difficult to manage. So um, being able to practice things like mindfulness awareness and gratefulness can really help with that. As if not content enough with a dentistry degree, Zhang throws some psychological wisdom into the mix when it comes to sharing her aha moment. Oh, I think the Dunning-Kruger effect probably comes into play here where, you know, as you initially increase your knowledge on a topic, your confidence kind of peaks and you think, oh, I'm the master of of this um, but then as you learn more and grow this knowledge your confidence will drop into this valley of despair when you realize oh how little you actually know um, and then as you continue to learn more that confidence gradually increases um, up a little bit more so um, I guess through my investing journey so far there's been quite a few um, aha moments but probably one of the big ones is just understanding that there's no um, I guess gold standard way to invest there's no wrong answer um what you which each person chooses to do depends on their circumstances their needs and their desires um and so yeah i think just being flexible with yourself and being kind to yourself and understanding that um i guess not everybody needs to go buy 10 properties perhaps just two or three properties is enough for you and that's perfectly fine While she certainly wants to accelerate her wealth, it's far from the only reason she's so passionate about what she does. I've seen my parents have to work so hard and sacrifice so many things to give me and my brother the opportunities that we have. Um, I guess I want to come to a point where you have that financial security so that you can go do what you want in life and what you value in life and so that my parents can finally kick back and relax. Um, and I can look after them and 
I guess, yes, that's really important to me. So my family and my loved ones to have the financial security to go do what they want to do in life. While Zan's property portfolio isn't the thickest volume just yet, she recognizes that there's nothing stopping her from growing it in time. As a fresh property investor, um, I have purchased only the three properties in the last two years. Um, and so, yeah, that's my portfolio at the moment. Yeah, hoping to grow it a little bit further though. Diving into her most recent purchase in Queensland, we bump into a familiar face we come across often on our property investory travels. My most recent purchase is a 422 in Kalanga, um, Queensland. Um, it settled last year in September. Um, so that, for that purchase, um, also because at the time um, I was about to deploy for three and a half months, so I was going to be at sea with very I guess, limited reception and um, things like that. So I went through a buyer's agent um, I, who I think you recently had on your show as well, Simon Liu. I told him that I had this really narrow time frame and it would be really good if we could get this property sorted before I um, before I deploy. Um, and so he was lucky um, and he managed to find this amazing um, property in Queensland um, and so we purchased it for around $500,000 and the valuation recently came back um, I think last month or so for $700,000 so it grew, um, grew incredibly um, over the last half a year or so. And I think that's just probably attributed to a bit um, of having that support of a buyer's agent and managing to get, um, I guess, a deal before it goes on the market, as well as, um, I guess, just how hot the Queensland market currently is. With her first purchase being around $250,000 and her latest being double that, her mindset shift is one to be admired. Before you really get into property, um, I think a lot of people think of my money as more of a finite resource and um, it's important to realize that it's really abundant, like money's being printed all the time um, and so just understanding that there is a lot of wealth out there and everyone is has the potential to go and I guess chase after it and get what they want if they're happy to put in the hard work for it. Full advice for those who will come after her, Zhang offers some wise words for young investors and reminds us all of something to keep in mind throughout our journeys. So all my properties, um, I've, I guess I haven't purchased anything really big. They've all been really, um, I guess, more affordable properties to get into the market. Um, and I think a lot of, um, because I guess we touched on this earlier about how difficult it is to save up for that first deposit for the home that you do want to live in. Um, and so I think for young investors, purchasing properties that they are able to afford and then growing wealth from them will kind of, I guess, forms a pathway where you can get to where you want to go. If you met yourself, say, 10 years ago, what do you think you would have said to her? Um, I probably would have told Danica to start investing earlier um, because, yeah, at the time I was young and I would just be planning like overseas holiday trips and things like that. Um, I would still have my savings, but like a lot of it also went to travel. So, um, but not that I regret those because I think traveling it opens your worldview and you learn things about yourself and learn things about the world that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, um, those are all, all fruitful experiences. Zhang acknowledges that her unique position provides certain opportunities she otherwise may not have available to her. 
travel being one of them. Especially as someone who grew up on the, along the East Coast,、um, you, it's really. I guess when I was young, I didn't really imagine much happening in the West, in Western Australia or in Darwin,、um, because just flying there, you might as well fly overseas.、Um, but when you actually get there and you realize, oh, like Australia has so many gorgeous, beautiful places that are basically almost untouched.、Um, it's just amazing what what Australia has. Yeah, and we're really lucky to live in this country. Absolutely. And what are you most excited about in your, say, property journey? Maybe in the say next five years. Well, I hope to finish my cumulative phase and just start consolidating,、um, and hopefully be able to maybe get purchase my、um, own home、um, in the next five years,、um, and then I guess just reach out and engage more people to also help them grow their wealth story. Because I feel if average. First-generation Australians like myself and Jai can do it.、Um, definitely, anybody else can as well.、Um, and just helping people realize that. What is it that you think would probably be some really, I guess, valuable wisdom that you can sort of impart to them to help them sort of get them started on their journey? Because as we've just discussed about, the biggest challenge is is knowing who to speak to, where to find that information, and and using that as being trustworthy information. It is difficult、um, unless you know someone who knows someone,、um, but you'd be surprised at how many people around you do have, I guess, a little bit of knowledge or recommendations that they can give. So definitely. Reach out to someone、um, who you know has some experience in the field, and you feel like you can have like frank conversations with them,、um, and then just to go from there, and just I guess keep always stay curious,、um, read what you can read,、um, watch what you can watch, listen to what you can listen to, and talk to everybody that you can talk to,、um, and then naturally、um, I guess your knowledge will just grow from there. Yeah, so be a sponge. Sponge with a grain of salt. So, how much of your success at the moment is due to your skill, intelligence, and hard work, and how much of it is because of luck? Um, I think it's definitely ninety-five percent is hard teamwork, not just my own work, but as a team. Um, and then maybe five percent is finding the right property. Yeah, because you have to put the effort into finding the property. Um, yeah. Before the luck comes, yeah. Thank you to Danica Zhang, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on zero four ninety-nine eighty-eight ten forty to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now, and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as six months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest. Text me your name and email address on zero four ninety nine eighty eight ten forty.